we're doing what we need to do now. So we aren't looking at another shutdown in October or November. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.racecpa.com slash podcast. Staying compliant as an employer is more important than ever, but with ever-changing policies, it can be tough to keep up with the government requirements. As businesses struggle with employer retention and recruitment, it is imperative that you understand the current regulations. Today, Renee West, Senior Manager at Ray & Associates, is going to break down the most recent COVID regulations and best practices for employer retention and recruitment. Welcome to Unsuitable, Renee. Thank you very much, Doug. I'm so happy to be here and thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, always a pleasure to have you on because you're so, so well-versed in uh, everything that's going on uh, in in the environment as it relates to, you know, HR compliance and, and regulation and and all that. So, so much has changed this year, obviously. So help, uh, can, can you give us maybe a, a quick uh, understanding of the, the COVID regulations and, and how to help keep employees compliant? What are, what are some best practices there? Sure. Yes. It's, it's definitely been a very challenging time for employers, HR professionals, workers, and there's been a lot of regulation changes Specifically, you know, related to COVID-19, the legislation that was put in place here in April that uh, permitted different forms of leave for employers to offer their employees if they were to either come down with COVID, have symptoms, or need to take family members. So there's two different levels of leave. Um, From a compliance perspective, there's a lot that we could talk about as far as you know best practices, and there's a lot of resources out there as well that we're happy to share, specifically from the CDC. Mm-hmm. The, the main thing is for employers just to ensure that they're providing their employees with safe information, safe workplaces, following social distancing. We've all heard that term. Mm-hmm. I think we say it four or five times a day. But the compliance piece is actually, we can break it down into a couple of different fields. Okay. So where, where are the best, I mean, you know, if, I, if I'm a typical owner-managed business, you know, maybe if I'm lucky, um, I've got somebody in, in my company that kind of handles some of this, but they're not, it's certainly not their full-time gig, right? It's maybe a part of other duties. So, so what's, what's the best resource for somebody like that? And, and that's a great question, Doug. And, you know, basically, you know, our firm has put together a COVID resource page for our clients and other individuals that are looking for this type of work. And that's a culmination of information from the CDC, which has the federal regulations 
Um, the local health departments as well are a great resource for organizations. And then you have the state health department as well. So those three in conjunction are great resources. There are hotlines that are free to employers or employees if they have questions that they can reach out to these websites and call and talk to a person. They're very well versed in everything that's going on. Yeah. I've talked with, with individuals at all three of these different locations hotlines and every time they've been very helpful if they don't have the answer right then they will definitely circle back around to you with those resources that's great and and obviously you i know you sit in on and are involved with uh, some of these organizations both at the, the state level and and certainly local level so we, you yes. you and your team have great resources to provide as well we do and it's and it's it's always changing as, as we've said, it's a situation where, you know, what I see in the morning is sometimes different than what we hear in the afternoon. <laughs> our, our local state um, SHRM is very active and, you know, uh, trying to be up on the pending legislation and what we're hearing as to potential next steps. What we're hearing from the governor's office is maybe, you know, what's going to be next. Um, so that's definitely a great resource for us to kind of be a little ahead of what's coming out. Yeah. Uh, and, and this can also be a great time too, you know, what, because we're on this topic, sometimes it's, it's good to take a step back now and, and look at your overall HR policies, job descriptions, handbooks, things like that. I know you and I have been involved with a couple of new clients here recently where, where they've taken uh, a, the opportunity to kind of reset and, and update all of those things. It would, Yes, definitely. It is, you know, and we always say the employee handbook is something that needs to be continually updated, um, especially now, given that, you know, these new policies for the CARES Act that we talked about in the FFCRA leaves, these leaves and legislation are in existence until the end of December this year. More than likely, they're probably going to be extended as well. So there is definitely that we need to have that in a policy. It might not necessarily in the handbook, but it should be referenced and be a separate ancillary policy. Um, but it does. It, it's required employers to look at their pandemic and their emergency response. What is their policies and procedures if something like this happens again or another emergency situation? Um, it, it involves looking at everything from your safety policies to your, your leave policies. How does your family medical leave policy in conjunction with the FFCRA leaves? There's a lot of correlation with, with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, I think, a great time to, as we said, take a step back and, and update and evaluate all that. But let, let's talk about another uh, subject here, and that's retention and, and recruitment. Obviously, pre-pandemic, a lot of companies were having trouble finding people, uh, all of that. Now we see during this time, it's so different across different industries, right? And, and so how do, we, how do we deal with uh, retention and recruitment during, during a time like this? The great, another great question, and you know that you mentioned it's twofold. It's retention of who you have as an organization now, the employees that you have now. More than ever, it's crucial to provide them with a safe workplace and ensure that 
they continue to work and remain, you know, a part of your team and can keep consistency in the products that they're helping you to put out from a quality perspective as well. And, you know, we tell employers, it doesn't have to be, you know, something that's expensive for you to help retain your employees, communicate with them, put something in place that you're doing a timely and consistent communication. You're letting them know what the safety guidelines are. You're letting them know that you've put in place social distancing requirements to protect them and their families. Um, So it's that reinforcement and having lunches for them or doing hazard pay is another, you know, of that. Yeah. And the recruitment landscape, yes, has changed dramatically. You know, the ability to go to a job fair and recruit individuals, they aren't having job fairs. They're having them all virtual now or having a face-to-face interview in an office setting. That's transitioned and pivoted into Skype interviews, phone calls. Right. Organizations really are thinking outside the box of how to recruit and still be able to find people when they're afraid to sometimes maybe leave their house. Yeah. So it's it's definitely very challenging, but it can be done. And and I know it it is interesting too across different businesses. Uh, you know, my my area obviously construction. They're still very busy. Most clients are still trying to hire people. I know, uh, for example, our firm too. We're still trying. Right. We're still hiring. We're we're growing. But yet you have other industries where. You know they're they're shedding people, and there's certainly a lot of people unemployed. How do you during this time? How can you connect? What are what are some resources or suggestions you have in terms of the recruiting process right now? How has that uh, changed? Sure, and it's definitely important. You know, companies, as you mentioned, some are are able to continue hiring. Some are you know at a, at a standstill at this point. Recruiting perspective, whatever organizations can do to continue to recruit and reach out to their local resources, utilizing their Ohio Means Jobs offices um, is a great resource. They've worked with displaced workers that are available and could be looking for for work. Um, Your Chamber of Commerce is another avenue to, to speak to. And just your networking of who you're talking to on a daily basis. And there's also, you know, software where you can go into indeed.com and pull up resumes for free that um, are candidates seeking seeking employment. And it's also important to think too, there's, there's some very qualified displaced workers out there. And now is a key time for companies to really look for those maybe higher level or those strategic hires that are hard to find throughout the course of the year, but are more available now. Um, So it's definitely, there's opportunity there for employers to grow and be ready for when the economy does rebound and we have the need to bring more people into your organization. That's be tough when everyone is hiring and competing for the same talent. Now there's a little, there's a little break where, um, if you if you strategically plan correctly, you can you can make some really good good solid hires. That's a that's a great point that you bring up there to, to sort of be you know a, a counter to what maybe the rest of the the market is doing and be able to take advantage of that. Now it's a great point. Yeah. So talk about you know it, with with recruitment. Obviously, as you mentioned, we're having to do a lot of these things more virtually or remotely. What what are and I know you've been long an advocate of this. What are some tools that folks can do to sort of pre-screen and and you know uh, take 
uh, advantage of trying to pre-screen candidates before you get to that point. You know, some type of you know, either personality tests or, or competency things that you have any tools you advocate for there? Sure, definitely. And, you know, we, as you mentioned, always a big proponent of hiring the right fit for a position. You can hire anybody for a role. But knowing what you're looking for and knowing the competencies and how an individual possibly can react in certain situations is, is crucial. You know, we at the firm have utilized predictive index. Uh, we've also utilized Caliper that looks at an individual's innate traits. And we offer that assistance to our clients when we look at developing strategic recruitment of how can we pre-screen so we're sure that maybe the last three or four candidates that we give you really match the fit of what you're looking for. And that's crucial. Yeah. Great, great point as well. I think taking advantage of that technology and those tools that have become so much more useful in recent years uh, is, is certainly right, helpful. Right. So let's talk about training employees. You know, oftentimes we see this, I know back in the financial crisis, 08, 09, I was in the, the corporate finance world at that point and all the training programs just went away. I mean, they just axed them all. And they discovered, you know, of course, five, six years later, that was a huge mistake because we had this big void in, in uh, talent. So how, how do you continue to invest in, in training and, and, and those types of things during this time? And, and that's very key for employers is, you know, there's downtime. You might not be producing, you know, a normal schedule. So what can you offer your employees, which can also help with retention of upgrading their skills? There are, there are programs available through the state. Um, if you look at the Ohio site, there are training programs and incentive and programs in place to help employers provide that training to their workers um, Shared Work Ohio is also, you know, a program where rather than laying off everyone, if individuals have reduced hours, then they can supplement that with training. Um, so being able to really share employees that even though it is a very challenging time, that the company cares enough to offer them opportunities to grow, it's twofold. It's going to help the organization. It's going to help that employee as well. And as we mentioned, anything to help with retention is, is key. And again, reaching out to your areas. A lot of companies and a lot of organizations are starting to pull together to do maybe a virtual training on Excel or I'm just throwing that out there yeah. as an example. So a lot more companies are working together to do things as a group to help with the cost of, of those and you know not having one company, but having more others share in that. Um, and again, your chamber of commerce is another uh, avenue that, that can help with um, talking with them and seeing if they can help you schedule something. Yeah, I know um, certainly in, in uh, some areas that the chambers are very active in putting on programs. Uh, I know in the construction industry, for example, the, the Builders Exchange and others uh, are very active in, in, you know, whether they're additional training programs, there's various apprentice programs. Now, as you say, it's a great time to invest in that. If, if It is. You know, it's, uh, I always say that, and, and we talk about it as, as businesses, right? That people are our most important assets. So right. what better time to invest in that than now? Sure. You know, so I think exactly. that gets overlooked uh, a, a lot. What about, you know, we've, we've seen a lot with obviously the, the CARES Act and, and there's other pending legislation, which is stalemated and, and things like that. Any 
any sense either at the the federal or state level as to things that might be uh, imminent or 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 uh, obviously these are just your best guess what might be coming down the pike here. Sure, you know, definitely as you know, we we put on a webinar earlier this week where we talked about the president's executive orders, you know, putting into play for the uh, unemployment and uh, different legislative pieces that Congress is now still trying to work through that. Um, I think the biggest one that is is the concern for the states, especially for Ohio, is employment and where that stands with that federal implement that was six hundred dollars previously. You know, we are. We are hearing, obviously, that it's going to be lower than that. Um, as to the the order that the president put into play was proposed at four hundred dollars a week versus six hundred. But I know that again, that could be changed. So you know, it's definitely an opportunity for. Um, there's just a lot of uncertainty out there, and that's creating a lot of stress for for employers for employees um, with just not knowing really where that stands. But that's probably one of the biggest. From a federal standpoint, that that we expect to hopefully see something soon. Yeah, and and from the state perspective too. Obviously, you know, and, and we've talked about this before. They have different requirements, obviously, in terms of balancing the budget. And now, you know, the unemployment program, which has been leaned on so heavily during this time, you know, there are funding issues there with with a lot of these programs, right? That is correct. That is correct. Especially you know, for the state of Ohio, previously the federal um, $600 was paid entirely by the government. Now it's proposed that you know, the, new, the new unemployment federal package, whatever that will be, is going to be either $400 paid. So you have uh, $300 of that covered by the government, but the other $100 is expected to be paid by the states. So you then have states where unemployment, they're pretty much nothing there in those accounts. Yeah. So they're going to be able to fund that. So that's another piece of, of the puzzle as well. Yeah, that's, it's certainly a, a, a difficult uh, time. So um, when, when we talk about, uh, you know, the, the other thing, obviously we're in a, an environment where, where stuff is so polarized and we see this, you know, uh, kind of mask, anti-mask, uh, all these types of things. What do you do within your own business when you when you encounter these types of behaviors to try to get consistency and and all of that across uh, across your employee spectrum and and that's a million dollar question yeah definitely um and you know i've talked with a lot of clients and colleagues here over the past you know couple months in reference to the mask and, and different things and the biggest thing that we tell clients and you know employers is reinforce why you're doing what you're doing. Yes, there's mandates that are in place from a statewide level like the mask. There's, you know, social distancing and we're implementing these to keep our employees safe and to keep their families safe. And yes, you're always going to have those that will not want to abide or buck the system. But as an employer, if you have safety guidelines in place and look at it as if this was not a pandemic issue, but it's, it's a safety issue. You can still discipline, send individuals home if they're causing issues and, you know, not abiding by the regulations that you put in place. You have that ability to still make your workplace safe. And that's a big, you know, some companies don't want to, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat and, you know, say something. But then if you, the, the cause of not doing that 
could be even more surmountable if you have an employee that comes in that's positive and doesn't care what they're doing and they go to the lunchroom and infect everyone, you could be liable for workers' comp cases uh, as they were exposed at work. So, you know, looking at it, I guess the lesser of the two evils of, do you want to have that crucial conversation or do you just want to let it go? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're really seeing that, you know, I've seen, I've heard from a lot of companies, you know, especially throughout the state that organizations have really stepped up and really done a lot. There's always some that, it is what it is, but I think overall they understand the importance of what we're doing. They don't want to see another shutdown coming. So I think that that's another another response back to individuals is we're doing what we need to do now. So we aren't looking at another shutdown in October or November. Yeah. I think that's a great point. It's it's about safety and respect respect for your fellow associate. And uh, you know, I want to make sure that the company continues to be able to, to be successful and provide for everybody and, and their families. So yeah, that's, that's great, uh, great insight there. So really appreciate it, Renee. And I, um, I always enjoy talking uh, with you. And, and this is why I say, gosh, if you, any type of employer, owner, managed business, you've got to talk to a professional like Renee, because there's just so much to think about, you know? Yes. There really is. And I've said it numerous times here the past couple months is, you know, I've been in the HR industry for over 27 years and I've never seen the quick legislative changes and everything that's happened in the past four or five months that it's for me who's been in this field, I can't imagine how individuals feel that like employers that don't know where to go for resources and they have questions, it has to feel overwhelming for them. So that's where we definitely want to be a resource and are happy to help with questions. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're uh, an awesome resource. I would uh, certainly uh, advocate for any any small business, any owner-managed business of any kind, uh, even if you have your own professionals, uh, double check with, with Renee and her team. So... Well, thanks again, Renee. And um, if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.racecpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 